Welcome, welcome to P.S. I Love Me, the podcast. I am your host, Gina Swire, international self-love expert, coach, author, and manifesting queen. And I am on a mission to help a billion women fall madly in love with themselves and get everything they want in their life. And that, my friend, includes you. This podcast is for down-to-earth women who love spirituality, manifesting, and laughing at life's challenges. And remember, with self-love, anything is possible. So today on PS I Love Me podcast, I have one of my favorite people in the whole world, and uh, this is a little interesting because usually it's Patricia um, interviewing me or uh, coaching me and today I get to interview my mentor, the amazing angel and feng shui master Patricia Lohan. So welcome Patricia. Hi, I'm so grateful to be here, thank you. Oh wonderful, wonderful and uh, Patricia is in Greece Mm -hmm. in Kefalonia which is on my vision board. And I'm coming to you from Glastonbury today. So we're in some power places of the world. That is for sure. I love it. Yeah. So I have spoken about you, Patricia, on so many group calls, so many stories. Every time I get off a session with you, I've always got something inspiration to share. And so a lot of my followers will probably already have an awareness of who you are. Uh, But do you want to share a little bit about your journey and how you ended up being the Patricia Lohan we know today? So um, I am very grateful to be here and I'm so grateful for Gina uh, for this opportunity but um, how did I get end up here magic <laughs> and trusting the universe I think this is one of the big things is just uh, for me it's been um, a big journey of letting go and releasing who I thought I was meant to be and supposed to be and then um, you know following the nudges and the synchronistic and um, things that unfolded for me um I I look back in my 20s when I was running a business I was 24 I had 30 staff it was really I was fulfilling my fat my father's dream his dream for him I was doing it for him um and I I felt very very lost and very alone and very you know confused on the inside and I didn't really know because I numbed it down so much with just alcohol and you know just fast cars and, and all the stuff um, and when I look back at that time I realized that actually everything that I needed and I was being looked after and there was angels around me all the time supporting me um, and when I finally kind of started to wake up essentially uh, you know, my first yoga teacher came into me in that business, my first astrology um, lady who introduced me to astrology the first time I ever saw a singing bowl, the first time I, you know, I actually um, looked at like did shamanic work it was actually all there. So it was really, you know, spirituality in this journey. Um, everything came to me in a place when I was at my at really at one of my darkest times. Um, and that then kind of all of those little things that started happening um and also to quit everything and move to India and when I moved to India essentially 
everything just changed for me from there. Uh, um, it was like I just let go of everything and moved to India to become a yoga teacher. I thought I was going to be there for a month. I ended up there for nearly a year. Um, and I, I don't know even know what I lived on, to be honest. I don't know if where I got money from. I don't know how I, you know, you know, every time I needed to get a flight, the money was there. I wasn't working. I had had a loan from the bank and I wrote off my BMW so I got an insurance claim. You know, so all the things just happened to get me to open up and, and start to learn some of the most amazing modalities and um, just train um, in those. And I think it was just part of a huge spiritual awakening. And from that, um, I think, to be honest, I just tapped into a into source uh, um, and I didn't really understand what I what was happening back then, but I was the happiest I'd ever been um, the most in flow and kind of in this space of like, is this actually really my life? Um, and then I came back to Ireland and um, started practice doing sound healing and therapy with people. And that was amazing. Um, and then um, I wanted to call in love. And I remembered the feng shui books that I got when I was 15. So like as a 15 year old in the West Coast of Ireland with no spirituality in our family, you know, I grew up in an Irish Catholic home and I had got books about feng shui and I set at the training I'd met, I, I did manifest uh, my amazing husband and soulmate and partner and he's dancing here in front of me. Ah. Um, <laughs> uh, and we got our house. And I just said to him, I want to do this feng shui more. You know, I'd done some basic stuff for to call in love and I met him. And when I did it, I sat at, at the training and just like nodded my head. And it was like some past life or something that I tapped into this wisdom before. And I knew it. It was like it was just came so naturally. And um, everything like that, like anything that I've done, you know, whether it's like shamanic work or healing or intuitive stuff or, or feng shui or just like holding space or a ceremony. Um, just kind of felt like I've done it before you know it just it's always come very easily and naturally um which is you know an amazing blessing so that's kind of how I ended up here like and then we had a mad journey went to Bali that's how we met yes we did <laughs> um wow you know obviously we speak pretty much every other week and there's yeah. there's things there that I didn't know so it's super fascinating yeah. And um, yeah, I love that you mentioned, you know, when you get to these rock bottom times and the dark times and you're like, oh God, and then all the goodness comes mm -hmm. from it and out of that. And it's like a new, a rebirth really, isn't it? I mean, totally. I'm in one of those myself right now. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. It's like a new, a new birth. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think this is the thing when we really tune in and just realize that life is happening for us and not to us. Um, and there's that, that mentality of, you know, we can either be the victim or, you know, really just kind of go and follow the journey and the path that's laid out in front of us. And what's been presented to me right now, um, you know, one of my favorite books and when I read it, um, the surrender experiment, I just went, well, that's just like me in India, like this mad thing happened and then this happened and then this shitty thing happened. But then it just all like was meant to happen. You know, it was all just supposed to. And um, and it's really surrendering to that trust that everything is happening um, as and when it's supposed to. And, you know, we can we can really do our part in looking after and tending to ourselves um, as well. Um, but it's 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 navigating the internal world as we move through it is what where the gold is mm. 
So to anyone listening who maybe doesn't know all this terminology, mm-hmm. when you say well, we can do our part and we can really tend to ourselves and we can do our, you know, we can tend to the inner part. What, what does that mean? So, I mean, you know, it sounds so cliche, but, you know, for such a long time, I resisted it was, um, was, was meditation. Um, but also the inner part for me is about like tapping in to something that helps us clear our mind and our bodies. Um, and it can be one of any things like, honestly, most recently I've been doing a lot of tennis and I feel so clear afterwards so it's like sometimes we think you have to sit and meditate you have to sit do yoga and that's going to help you um and you know for me yoga was a huge part of it because it physically opened me up to like I, I physically felt openings in my heart and openings and it shifted and cleared um and it's really about getting the energy moving which is you know how I ended up really on the feng shui path was because when we do all the inner work we're like clearing the traumas the memories the beliefs the stories all of the stuff internally um and trying to keep ourselves in a in a good state like in a and you know it, it doesn't mean that we bypass our emotions and kind of go oh, I'm feeling sad but sometimes they're only temporary and we can choose to go into the into the down the little you know, down into a little dark hole with it all. Or we can choose to be like, how is this working for me? And what can I do with it? And let me process that emotion and move through it as opposed to holding on to it. And I think that's something that we really, um, I don't know, in Western culture, and, you know, I personally definitely did it for a long time and still have trouble like letting go of some things and, you know, making it easy to flow, to just trust that it is happening for us and not 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 against mm. us. Um, so that inner work, um, can take so many different ways. You just talked about breath work. I've loved breath work over the years. I've loved working with sacred geometry. I've loved doing just like meditation, chanting. Um, and then these all might seem kind of far out, but you know, you just have, there's, there's so many different modalities and you could just try the ones and pick, go and figure like, you know, you can hear me and be like, Oh, I've never heard about, you know, sacred geometry or, or, you know, breath work. And, and then you're like, Oh, go give it a go. And if it feels like a calling, that's where you're being called to. So mm-hmm. it's not about like, I have to do all the things on the list. It's like, what's being presented. What is the thing that you've heard two or three times, you know, to bring you to a place. Um, and what I, I actually, you know, especially for people who might be listening and be like, well, I don't really know much about this world or whatever, but years ago and it's like listening to the signs because the universe is always giving us messages like all continuously and even in my least woke state when I was probably out drinking and partying like four or five nights a week running the business just really just in a bad place I was driving in to work one day and on the radio this woman was talking about this retreat place um in Italy and I was like oh that how they met and um and then that two days earlier a woman had sent me an email about that exact place yeah and I went into work and my then assistant said to me Patricia your parents are going to be coming back they've been away for six weeks you've taken on all the responsibility of everything it's been a bit intense she said you need to take a holiday and I went I know exactly where I'm going. And I went on and booked that place. So it was like 
I, you can't ignore it because they'll still start coming. So, you know, and that was for me, the guiding to go do that thing, go be at this retreat center and be there. And while I was there, all the other things started to fit into place. Like I did, like, you know, we love ecstatic dance and five rhythms and dance. Like that was the first time I'd ever done anything like this, like dancing without alcohol. Uh, no, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. But we, and I loved it, you know? And yeah. even though it was like, I, I have to laugh because I remember uh, Gina sent me a lovely, uh, this got this little co- coloring book in a little uh, from you in one of the a gift back I got. And I was like, this is so funny because way back at that retreat, there was this woman over there in the corner, like coloring. And this is in my much more cynical days. And I was like, oh, grown woman coloring. What's she doing? You know, I'm being yeah. so mean. And now I'm like happily coloring away. And I was just, you know, so we, we just, we don't know what we don't know until we do know. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're hearing, we talk about something and you go, oh, like definitely just be like, oh, why am I resistant to that? And maybe it's actually a nudge saying like, give it a go. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been coloring too. My friend Kim sent me this uh, pony and foal coloring book and some pens. And while I, while I was ill, that's what I was doing. I've colored so many of those things in, and it's just takes your mind off things, relaxing, calm the nervous system. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I love about you, and I could probably fill this whole podcast with things that I love about you. Uh, but one of the things is whenever I'm obviously as you're my mentor and when we sit and we talk about things, you have a wonderful way of kind of bringing me back to that. This is really happening for you. Like what's being presented to me or to you is a gift you know it's being presented to you so therefore there is something in this for you to learn and that alone has just been so helpful so many times and um yeah just really coming back to like what do I want to create in this moment and I think when I was younger I didn't I didn't used to really feel or process emotions I'd just be like no I don't want to think about that I just want to feel good which actually when I got into manifestation is really good for that. You know, that's kind of what they want you to do. They're like, yeah, just choose a better thought, just go up the emotional scale. And then I went Ubud mode. You know, I I was living in Bali. I was around all these healers and coaches and I started to learn to feel my emotions. And I noticed my, I would have these big dips and then peaks And I was like, I never used to do this. What's going on? And I think working with you has really helped me to connect to, yes, feel it, but you don't have to feel it for days or weeks or, you know, you can just know what that is, feel it in your body for 10 minutes and then choose something better. So it's like the Mm -hmm. best of both worlds. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's a little bit of spiritual bypassing when we don't actually go into the the depths of and and the seeing where it's coming from. Why why is it here? And you don't have to dig any deeper with it. Sometimes it's just the awareness. And um, I I just love this quote from Carl Jung. And part of it is really about like the um, until we make the unconscious conscious, like until we make the dark into the light, we'll yeah. just call it 
fate like that basically our life is just being led we're being led from the unconscious so the patterns from our childhood the patterns from what's been going on and just our own beliefs and limiting things past lives god freaking knows where it's all coming from just even the collective consciousness (laughs) so when we when we start to make those things more conscious we start to see and be more aware and be more like oh okay and then it's like then 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 we know and then it's not going to affect us and we can make new choices and new decisions from a different place yeah I love that and I love that quote and that's the quote I think since I started my podcast every time Juliet does the show notes for me every single time I'm quoting existential kink because that (laughs) book I know you've read it as well that's the quote that she keeps coming back to isn't it yeah totally totally and it's so true it's so true. And I think this is the thing. It's like, um, we just don't realize like, you know, how programmed we are, you know, how programmed we are from when we were born from little kids that it was literally like, you know, it's like the, the, the tape player of our, you know, our, the first chakra, the second chakra, the third chakra, like those stuff, it's, it's basically being like encoded in us, in each one of those chakras. Like, it's like, this is the tape. And our job is to kind of re-record, like it's kind of like, you know, rewind to clear it and and, um, and then just record a new a new story into them um, with new emotions. Um, but but we can't just kind of it, it's like weird. You have to go back and clear it first before you can actually like start over fresh. Mm, I love the tape thing. What was the first tape you ever bought? Oh, my God. Michael Jackson bad. Oh. <laughs> Yesterday I was in a shop in Glastonbury and this song, um, Lighthouse Family, you know, you can be lifted. lifted. I love that song. And it came on and I was like, oh, this was the first tape I ever bought. And I was with oh some God. people that are quite a bit younger than me. And I was yeah. like, um, yeah, I bought tapes. <laughs> not even CD. Oh my God, not even CDs. Yeah, tapes. Yeah, tapes. Michael Jackson bad. And um, and then I had song. like uh, Kylie Minogue. Yeah. yeah, that was my yeah. One. And we're both mutual Oasis fans, aren't we? I was just going to say, oh my God, every time I hear Wonderwall now, I literally think of you. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, that. Oasis, Wonderwall, I love that. <laughs> and, you know, music, I think, is also just one of those things that like, you can it's it's interesting one of my friends and um, that I've been working with that sent, sends me piece of music after we work together to integrate you know mm. and um and I was never really big into like dance music um but I know that when I would be out like at parties and stuff I would have just got myself I would have just had like probably too many drinks but I would just like got lost in the music just absolutely lost in it and kind of gone into this kind of like state of like trance nearly yeah. um and I just find like now I just appreciate it so much more and obviously I did sound therapy for a long time and I just there's just there's a vibration and a sound to all of that mute to this music that can really help as well and I you know sometimes I feel like the spiritual path can be very um like oh, has to be very you know strict and you know oh no you have to do it like this way and be really sincere but you are really like um I don't know hard on yourself nearly and it's not like that it can be light and joyful and finding pleasure in in things that bring you into good into state of joy just like we talked you talked about like being in this better state absolutely yeah I did you go down that path 
I I'll speak for myself when I w- went into India mode as I call it and I kind of left my old life behind left the modeling all the things and I went like very yogi I was wearing a lot of white um <laughs> and I started listening to all the mantras and I was like oh my god I can't I can't listen to my old music anymore and like old foods and old people like everything I was just like no and I had to have that well it felt I had to have that really like cleanse clarity phase and then it's almost like the pendulum just keeps swinging and then one day I did I went to Burning Man and and I hadn't drunk any alcohol in like two years or something I'd been on this massive you know massive life cleanse and at Burning Man I was like super anxious because I thought the people I'd gone with weren't going to drink and then all of a sudden there was drinks and there was, you know, and I was like, oh, can I do this? It's like an identity crisis, Mm -hmm. but it just keeps switching. And that's the same with like the way we dress and the music we listen to. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And I think like the, the, sometimes what I felt about my, the experience for my India experience is like, I went to a real place of extremity in a very joyful, positive way. Um, But what I got a sense of and what I connected with was, a real amazing part of me that was very free, very Mm. happy, very connected and very in flow. Um, And I thought, and this is what I've really been looking at lately, is like I actually thought that that was because I was in India. But actually that version of me is just me. It was just, I gave myself permission to be there and do that, you know? So even just the alcohol part is just another part of the world. And so, you you know, you can still have that tapped in joyful place and have a nice glass of wine. Um, And we can go through those dances of being kind of pulled back in to our old patterns. And then you're like, hmm, which one feels good? And sometimes we have to go back there to be like, oh, I don't, no, I don't really like this (laughs) I don't really think that much or actually I do like this red wine and and um but the the I for me the India or going to the place like the Bali part is just it uh, there's something about those cultures as those places where we can really tap to tap into a different different version of ourselves that's already in us um and it's how do we maintain that in us when we're everywhere else you know Mm. that's actually the dance this really is because obviously we both live in Bali and we live in all these cool places and then I come back to England which I love I mean I'm in Glastonbury right now I love it here and I also go back to where my family live which is Poulton and Blackpool and it's um a very different type of place to be you know none of my friends live there anymore they've all left my family live there i there's no yoga there. There's no juice bar there. There's none of the things that I've, you know, I really love and help me thrive. But yet my family are there, which I love and help me thrive. And there's a beach and it's such, it's such work, you know, how can I bring how vibrant and thriving I am in Bali in my, you know, most dreamy states and different, different places to anywhere and that really is the work and at the same time why not be in the places that make you thrive so it's kind of a fine line isn't it it is a fine line and I think that you know there's parts of you know you're never going to not be able to tap into that Bali energy or you're never able to not tap into a place that makes us feel good it's the same with like the music that'll make us feel good or the breath work or you know whatever the the thing that makes you feel good you know it's like 
you can still just tap back. And I feel that's one of the things you can really tap into. Um, you talked about the mantras earlier. And I remember a friend of mine and I, I've been wearing like my India things loads more recently as well. And um and my ohm and um you know when we say for example chant ohm or wear ohm or have an ohm symbol somewhere like even if it's on a pencil case like not only is that ohm just there but it's connecting back to like every single ohm that's like ever been chanted and when i when 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 my friend brought this to me once i was like whoa like you're not just tapping into like here's the ohm on my neck it's just like every it's that vibration of every single person who's ever chanted written it and connected with that energy and um, that can be really very mind-blowing so it's the same when we bring that little part of us like that india energy or that valley energy or you know for me grease the water or you know playing tennis like literally playing tennis like holding my the tennis ball i'm just like oh my god i feel so happy you know oh. so it's like what are the things that make you feel good um is a really important thing and just realizing that that's where we're that's what we're tapping into that sense of joy and energy to connect into it and whether it's spiritual or not if it makes you like feel good um it's it's worthwhile doing absolutely yeah um sometimes i play you know the music that they play when you walk into bali airport it's like oh, <laughs> oh my god sometimes i that play that and- <laughs> i love it it's so, that music drives me. I just to be like, oh, I am so sick of that song. That music. Yeah, they just play um, it over and over again in the spas and things. Just feel like that you're in the yeah, you're in Bali. And I think, you know, when we think about then, you know, having that experience in Bali, sometimes we feel like we've just left it there and it can't be part of us, but it really can. It's just like that cosmic ohm. We're just connecting with everyone, but it's the same with the locations. Um and when we bring that magic back and tap into it, like we're sprinkling that energy of who we are, that soul part of us with the people around us. So you're saying like, oh, I bring it, go to Colton. It's not like that. But actually you're the person who's meant to bring the light there, like bringing yeah. that energy there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I do believe, you know, if we were all in Bali right now doing our magic and thriving all together and being around our people, that is kind of for me where I go and fill up and then, it's almost like the universe makes us spread out into these random locations so we can charge different areas. So it's quite magic, really. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, it is absolutely magic. Um, I think that, you know, for me, um, this this is the whole thing. It's like our job is to bring the light back, like to come mm. fill up our cups and then just bring that magic. And, you know, for people to just experience um us being connected to spirit and that sense of source energy flowing um and you know that's that's why i love feng shui so much mm-hmm. because the feng shui is really about bringing us bringing your home into this energetic balance and yeah. when your home is in balance it's going to shift you back into it like into this real beautiful harmonic balance that then you tap into flow and and I, like for me bali india all those places help me tap into flow in a way that I typically wouldn't have experienced in Ireland as much but now I definitely do when I'm there even if it's a hard place for me to be I can be in flow there Mm -hmm. um but specifically because I know that my home is and the land is and it's supporting me and I know that like if things are going to flow it's going to flow when I'm there with that feng shui and um that's why 
for me, I love it because I think that we can really help people, not just ourselves, but like with our physical environment, bring that into flow. And then everybody who comes in will get it. Um, and then our lives just kind of start to go easier as well. Absolutely. And I'm really glad that you brought in Feng Shui because you bringing Feng Shui into my life, although I did used to have a little book, it's a little red one on my mum's bookshelf. And it, you know, it's always been there. And I always used to read it as a kid. And um, I think my first experience with Feng Shui was probably, you know, quite early on before way before you were my mentor um and you were doing a little live stream challenge thing oh yeah I remember yeah and it was I was in bed watching it because you were in Bali and I was in England so it was super early in the morning and I was in bed in my dressing gown watching this live and and you were talking about um cleaning your front door and your windows and you were like and I ran downstairs I looked at my front door and I'm usually half the time in Bali, sometimes in LA and then in England and my house is rented out. And I had this kind of wicker heart on my front door and I ran down and there was all these cobwebs on my front door and the wicker heart was nowhere to be seen and it had fallen off and someone had just put it behind the sofa. And that also correlated to a big relationship ending. I was like, Patricia, my heart is broken. It's off the door. It's covered in cobwebs. <laughs> that was my that was my grand beginning to feng shui, and then I just got completely hooked. And I think you feng shuied a, a whole bunch of houses I've lived I know. in now. Everyone, yeah. And I think the thing is, like, um, it, it feels like one of these things that's a little bit alien for people, and totally. a little bit like how does this connect in with like feng shui you know or how does it connect in with like spirituality and doing my you know peace loving myself and self-love mm -hmm. um, and I think you know we're it's really important that we look after our own personal temple our bodies and our inner world um but if our external environment is not supporting us it really can make things harder and we typically um, attract houses that are going to give us life lessons that we have called in um, yeah. and um, the feng shui can really help um, just mitigate and balance, mitigate negative things happening, make sure that your space is supportive for money, for abundance, for love. Um, and really, for me, it's kind of like one of these like ninja manifesting tools, like when your house has the feng shui balanced, it really is, you know, the sky's the limit for what you can see unfold for yourself. Oh, yes. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast and I just wanted to take this moment right now to invite you to a wonderful, wonderful thing. So if you have been feeling like, you know, I'm loving learning this new information, I'm loving this self-love vibe, I feel so motivated or empowered and, you know, I just want a little bit more. So if you've been feeling like that, you are in luck because I have a program called the 12 step self-love transformation. Hundreds and hundreds of women have already been through the process and are still in it. And it is such a beautiful support space. It includes live coaching calls with me, 
we have a bustling Facebook community like no other of super caring, super lovely, super friendly sisterhood women and everyone's at different points on the journey. Some people have taken the program more than once, some people have taken it like six times. As soon as they say yes to themselves, they instantly feel in this upward spiral. Things start to fit into place, they start treating themselves better, they have a purpose, feel like they're really doing something for themselves, and you know what? The world mirrors that back. So if you're listening to this thinking, you know what, that's exactly what I need. That's exactly what I've been looking for. Then check out the link, which is in the show notes. I can guarantee you're going to love it or your money back. Come join us over there. It is really the gift that keeps on giving and enjoy the rest of the podcast. I had a baby born in my bedroom, which was... I'd somehow forgotten to say that I wanted it to come out of my womb, but I had in my, uh, you know, family area of my house in Manchester, I had this note saying, you know, I want to have a baby and um, my baby's being born in a home birth at home and my baby's lying in the, on the white sheets in the middle and my mum's coming to visit and we're all going out for lunch and she's really happy to meet the baby and da da da. Anyway, so not even that long after that, my house was Airbnb'd out. And um, yeah, I'd this this couple had come to me and said, uh, can we have a reduction on the rent? And I, I normally wouldn't say yes, because it it's always fully booked. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm really called to do that. So I gave them like a mega reduction. And after they moved in, they said, oh, thank you so much. And I just wanted to let you know, like there's two of us, because you have to say how many mm-hmm. is coming, but it's going to be three soon. Um, not till we've left, but my wife's pregnant and, you know, this is such a lovely sanctuary and we're really grateful for it. And I was like, oh, that's so lovely that this, she's going to have a pregnancy in my house and it's all feng shui and, you know, it's super high vibe and all the things. Um, anyway, uh, the baby came early in, they didn't make it to hospital, baby came in the bedroom and um they sent me a picture the next day of the baby in the middle of my bed um and the funny thing was was that some my they were doing some joinery on the front door and my mom had agreed to go on the next day this was before we knew about the baby it was already planned like a week in advance to go and meet the joiner so they didn't have to you know deal with it So my mum actually turned up the next day and met the baby. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, lots of amazing and magical things have happened with this Feng Shui. And like you say, it's it's such a manifestation portal. Mm. Even in the very early stages of your course where you do the space clearings and where I did the space I'm tapping my pans and I'm going around and just like cleansing clearing and you can just feel the energy rising and Mm. also that meditation that you do with the energy of your house and my house was speaking to me and I was just like whoa this is some good stuff (laughs) and 
I think that the big part is just that everything is energy like we yeah. and we just it's one of those things that's totally taken for granted is our home and when we start to tap into that energy and the frequency of our homes and and really realign it it's it's listening and it's saying oh that's what you want here you go that's yeah. what you want here you go yeah Oh yeah. I love it. And it's interesting because in some of my group, my different groups that I host, um, quite a few of the ladies are in your course. So, you know, if someone's having a bit of trouble with something, they'll be like, um, write it all on the, on a piece of paper and put it in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know they're coming, they're your tips and I'm just like, yes, it's an ecosystem. It's, it's cause it is, it's self-love to look after yourself in these ways and know these ancient mm-hmm. practices. Yeah. And it's yeah. self-love to look after your home. And when I was working with clients for years with people one-to-one, which I loved doing just like with all of my different modalities, mm-hmm. um, I just love that work and the sound healing. But when it came to the, there seemed to hit some type of plateau Um, And that's where I, when I started with the feng shui, I was like, hang on a minute, let's like work on the house first and then you can do the inner work. Or if you've already been doing the inner work, what's the thing that's blocking this next level of success? Yeah. And this um, is making me so excited to buy my new house and feng shui. I I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait. Um, So would you be up for sharing a Mm -hmm. few tips that people can get cracking with on Feng Shui? Yeah, for sure. Well, this is one that I've recently been sharing with people that I absolutely love. And it's um, it's it's called Fresh Eyes. And um, essentially what I'd love you to do is just start outside your house. The next time you pull up outside your house or your apartment, you start to walk in. I want you to imagine like you're a new person, just like new eyes and just start to look like as you come in, just start to experience and look at everything and be like, do I love this? Does this make me feel good? How, you know, is is this here? Is it, is it, is this aligning with where I want to go with what I want to create in my life with, you know, is, is this really, um, you know, is it working? Is it broken? You know, every single thing in your home has an energy. It has a vibration, it has a frequency, it has a personality and it's impacting your consciousness. Like it's impacting your subconscious all the time. So whatever you're seeing, whatever you're feeling, whatever is around you, it's impacting you. And even just tune in to the things of like, how does this make me feel? If it makes you feel low or pull down your energy, it's like, hmm, maybe you don't need that. Maybe you need to replace it or let it go um so that's my first thing is just wander around your house and start to feel it with fresh eyes and start to think and and not from a really mean judgmental place like that's a really important thing it's just from a place of like curiosity of like hmm how long has this painting been on this wall is this something that I really want to call into my life or not you know is this like what does this mean to me why do I still have this lamp that's broken or why you know and and give yourself permission as you move with the fresh eyes to move things or let go. Um, and there's a great one. And I like this one, 27, like 27, the number not is two plus seven is nine. And nine is a really auspicious number in feng shui. So I invite you to like either move 27 things and just feel a little shift or remove 27 things. Like just 
come around, get your bag, just, oh, I'm going to take it and get rid of that, that and that, just remove them. And just feel as you let go, think about what you want to replace it with. Like, so if you're calling in a new client or if you want to call in love or you want to call in whatever it is, you know, an opportunity or something fun, just allow yourself to think about what you're replacing it with. Um, and that's really a really fun one. Um, and I'm just, I'm just going to share one other one that's come into my mind. So the fresh eyes is really all encompassing. Like it's like, well, and you know, if you're like, oh my God, my whole house needs to be totally redone. Don't look at like from that. It's more about like, this is a great awareness, you know? So for example, if you need new carpets, don't be like, oh my God, the house is disgusting because I need new carpets. Just be like, oh, look, new carpets. What? And then go into like, what kind of new carpets would I like? And I'm letting go of something here that can make space for these new carpets and maybe look up and, or go get a sample of the new carpet. Um, but I was recently at a party and um, on actually Monday night, we did a ceremony. We did a ritual for an amazing horse. Um, I did like a, a beautiful shamanic ceremony for a horse oh. and it was, yeah, it was amazing. You know, just things a like a horse or um, a friend's horse that had, um, had uh, passed um, a few oh. months ago, nice. beautiful, beautiful Irish horse. And, um, you know, how things flow, you know, I, I did a tiny little ritual for a turtle that they had found that had come up onto the shore and passed away last year. And then when the horse passed, they're like, Patricia, you have to do something for the horse. So um, it was beautiful. But while I was doing um, the ritual for the horse, I was down at the house where it was at. Um, and in there, in the living room, there's this giant painting, like massive painting. And it's um, it's it's a replica of, or it was a like, he basically commissioned this painting to be painted. Right. Yeah. Um, his favorite painting is The Boathouse by Renoir. And he mm. wanted something similar. Like, it's not exactly that. Like, it's just a, yeah, commissioned version with some images, like kind of his family faces in the people. So it's like a really nice idea. It's huge, like absolutely massive. And it's called The Boat Party. And every time I have ever been to that house, it's been a party. There's just been a gathering of people. It's mm. been so light and joyful and very positive and uplifting. Um, and the other times I'm ever with them is on the boat. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, we have no idea of like what the intention behind or the artwork in our homes is saying and doing for us and how it can be impacting our energy, what's happening in the home itself. You know, so in, for example, um, I remember uh, clients of mine saying about like they had a Buddha, a big Buddha picture in their bedroom. And I was like, I'm, I just don't feel comfortable within in your bedroom. I want you to have a picture of yourself and your partner in your bedroom or a lovely couple picture doing something that I'd love, you'd love to be doing together. Um, can we move the Buddha somewhere else? And they moved the Buddha down into the sitting room and um, we had a lovely painting up in their space. And they just said everything changed in their relationship. Like, you know, because the Buddha is a solitary spiritual statue in your bedroom, it it doesn't, first of all, like, do you want like Buddha watching, while, watching you while you're sleeping? Like, or in bed, not really. Um, but you know, see, Jean is looking, I'm looking at the walls. Like, what's I'm, on the walls? So I'm actually just looking because I'm just in this house where I'm at the retreat, and I haven't actually looked. But actually, up here, there's like a lovely, very traditional Indian painting of like a king and queen dancing. I like That's that, good, isn't it? That's really good. Nice random bird paintings. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you just, it's really just being mindful about what it is that you want to call in and what's on your walls. Like you can make your home become a vision board for your future with your artwork. Yes, I did this. So I've taken your course um, and so many things, you know, I did it all to a T and I realized that I had a hob ring that was broken, which is a big no-no in Feng Shui. So I was looking into, because I've got, I had this big, you know, what they call augury thing, mm-hmm. but sure. so I manifested a new one and that was a whole tale because it was, you know, it was going to be a few thousand pounds. And I was like, ah, you know, I just kind of rent this place out. And then I found this other one and I, it was like 300 pounds. It was the same one, but it was not brand new. And I was like, perfect. That's, that's just what I need right now. Anyway. So they delivered it. And when they delivered it, they were like, um, just so you know, they actually did a mistake with this and it should have been a thousand, but, um, they're going to honor it because you've already paid and it but it, it was actually priced wrong and I was like okay thank you very much, you More, much. Please. so I got a new hob for 300 pounds which should have been a thousand and um what was the other thing oh yeah I found a pair of my ex's train as I was doing the very deep you know very like going into every nook and cranny mm-hmm. I'd gone in this little cupboard that their sofa was against and I didn't even realize it was a cupboard I, I didn't even think anyone had ever opened it before and when I opened it there was like an old muddy pair of my ex's trainers and I was like ah! no way <laughs> get out and the other thing was I had this really cool picture on the wall like a big massive thing and it was like a picture but then it also had this kind of sparkly textured stuff on the glass and I'd bought it in my meditation days. And it was this girl and she was kind of like, it looked kind of meditative and cool. But when I looked at it again with the new eyes, mm-hmm. it just looked like, ah, oh, it looked stressed. And I had been really stressed. I was like, off you go. Yeah. And I changed everything into a vision board. So I printed out um, pictures from Unsplash of Venice, L.A., of like a man holding a woman at the beach spinning around and whales and um not whales the place whales like animals and I put them all up and my house became my vision board and all when I was taking them all down when I sold my house every single thing was done you know every every single thing and I was like magic (laughs) I love it I absolutely love it and it's like it's very simple you know and this is one of the things like feng shui can have like a bad reputation for being like complicated and and a little bit like oh it's all about furniture moving but actually for me you know we're really just the energy workers for the house like it's the shaman for the work for the house get the place balanced and then it'll help you call in what it is that you want yeah yeah, it's so powerful. And my mum's house is feng shui because I was living there in the lockdown. And that was such a good time for me. I was manifesting like an absolute boss. And my mum thought I was officially nuts as I'm bringing in all these like rusty nails and water features <laughs> and not just one water feature, but three and like <laughs> all this stuff. But it was so fun to do. And I know she's secret. She loves it. She's like, oh, my house is feng shui. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it. So thank you, Patricia, for doing that and bringing so much more magic into my life. You're welcome. <laughs> You're very welcome. 
and I love sharing things. I'm like, you're never gonna guess what's happened this time. <laughs> I know, and it's funny, like when you, you know, that's the thing for me. It's just blown my mind how how it's impacted people's lives. You know, mm-hmm. this start this all started with me and a whim saying to Ken, you know, I want to do this feng shui course to feng shui the house. And then all of a sudden now it's like thousands of women all over the world using feng shui, getting results that like, you know, just, it, it just, it just works. And that's where I'm like, oh man, this is amazing. Like I was like, this is cool for me and us, but now I'm like, wow, this, this is a much bigger picture behind it all. Mm, yeah. Um, I love the story of how you and Ken met as well. Oh, because I know, I know you you work with women who are calling in love. Do you want to share mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so when Ken and I um, first met, we actually met at an event. So um, that day it was the twenty first of December, twenty twelve, which is like a really auspicious day to the calendar and the Mayan calendar and everything was like, and everyone you know in the spiritual circles in Dublin was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And there was an event here, and there was another event, and this one was falling through, and you know it was all a little bit like nobody knew what they were doing. And at one stage on that exact day, I was like, if I just stay at home, I'll be fine. <laughs> I don't really care what I, what I do. Like, you know, there's all these phones messages. So that day then my friend rang and she said, I've got tickets. We're going to this, this event, a shamanic center in outside of Dublin. I was like, fine. She said, um, one of my friends is going to drive us. I was like, great, no problem. I'll come. So we got there and um, there was about, I think it's like 150 or 200 people there. And it's a big, big, big old house. It's like the center for shamanism and one of the centers for shamanism in Ireland. And I've been there many times before. I'd run workshops and stuff there. So I knew I was familiar with the place. Um, and I thought it was going to be similar to what I've done before there. So I thought like drumming circle, we'll have some maybe sh- shamanic journey, like, you know, just a nice time, be out in the nature, go out to a fire. And um, that's what he was talking, the, the guy was talking us through. And he said, and then we'll go see the fire, the male, male and female fire. And they will like, then we'll merge them and then they'll simmer down and then we'll walk over the hot coals. And I was like, walk over hot coals. <laughs> this was not in the memo for today. <laughs> I was like, and my first thing that came into my, my mind was like, I'm wearing tights. How can I, how, how can I walk over hot coals? I'm wearing, I'm wearing tights. <laughs> so, so um, the whole night proceeded and basically we ended up in a shamanic journey and doing drumming for like four hours. Like it was just hours and hours of drumming. It was amazing. Like I totally just was off on some other planet. And then we came back out to the fire and you had to write your list of things that you wanted to put into the fire, what you want to release. And a friend of mine described this and I'll never forget because she just, she loves fast food and like, you know, just junk food. So she's like, imagine that you go to like McDonald's or Burger King and the menu is there and there's no calories and your tummy is bottomless and you can just eat everything. Like, that's what I want you to write down. Like you can have everything off the menu. And I was like, okay. So I wrote my list of like, I'm letting go of all of this and this is what I'm calling in. And I put it into the fire with my offerings and then we had to go do the fire walk. So we did our fire walk and, and I was like, it was really dark. It was like two o'clock in the morning at this stage. And we we're walking over the hot coals, which I've never done before, but from a shamanic perspective, we didn't walk over them once. We had to walk over them four times. 
The fourth was optional, but the each time one was for ourselves, one was for our ancestors, one was for the land, and one was for Mother Earth or the, the actual um, center itself. So four times we walked over hot coals um, and so did everyone else. It was pretty amazing. I actually felt like I could fly for like days afterwards. I was like, oh my God. Um, and then once we did the fire walk, we went inside and there was like a food um, and I had a bowl of food and I was eating my food. I was sitting on the floor and Ken came and sat down beside me and we just started talking. I didn't know his name. We started talking about Buddhist art. I don't know how we started that. And Ken is a Buddhist. So he was telling me that he's a Buddhist. And he went to the Buddhist center and he said, well, do you do? I said, well, do you sounding with bowls, sweating bowls? And that was it. And then my friend came in and he sat between me and Ken. So he basically like squished in between the two of us and Ken was like, oh, that must be your boyfriend or something. So that was fine. That was the end of it. And then that night everyone slept in the hall. We got up the next morning and we were doing like the, we did another uh, sunrise ceremony um, and I had to go around and sage everyone. Um, and as I saged everyone, um, I saw Ken and we both kind of giggled at each other. We just had this like laugh and then went up and then I, we were left that place. And um, Ken said to me, oh, you know, he, I said, oh, you go to the Buddhist center. Yeah. And that was it. And we, we just kind of parted ways. Um, and that Christmas I went back to our back to my hometown that night that day um and I'm not kidding you every single ex in like my entire childhood like everybody turned up I walked around corners walked into people that I'd dated when I was 16 that I'd had a crush on it was just like everybody I I was kind of like oh my god I feel like this is like the ghost of Xmas past I just basically had like exes everywhere it was crazy one of my oldest like friends from college tried to kiss me I was like what the hell is happening I was like what is going on and I also felt like every one of them was just like you got away lightly there you definitely not he's not the one he's not the one that yeah, yeah. it was just like cleaning the slate um, and I went back to Dublin after Christmas in January and I was like hmm the Buddhist center and I signed up for for a three-day workshop at the Buddhist center and I'm in the Dublin the Buddhist center that Ken is a member of and I'm in the room looking around going he's not here I don't think he's here and I walked out that night and I was just like if I'm meant to meet him I'll meet him that's it. Um, and literally at that exact same time, Ken had been on Camden Street, walking up and down, going into all the health food shops and holistic centers, looking for me, thought my name was Linda. And he it was singing bowls or something like he was looking for singing bowls. And um, he went, he actually got into the right place. He went to the right shop. I worked up over upstairs and um, the girl gave him the details for a different woman. Because obviously he had the wrong name. Yes. So that was fine. He didn't find me at that. Um, and he joined Meetup and found my Meetup group. And he said, I think that's that girl. Um, and he joined my Meetup group. And there's a picture of me um, that was the, 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 that my Meetup group had like a picture of me in a room of singing bowls. And he's like, I think that's that girl. So um, I had promote, said that I was going to be doing a stand up Mind, Body, Spirit. I'd put it into the Meetup group. Um, and he arrived in to the meetup group in into the event as I literally I was walking as the doors had opened I was just going to go to the loo before everything opened and everything and we just crossed paths it was like sliding doors moment I we walked past I looked at him and I was like I know him I know him and then he was like and, and then I was like he's cute how do I know him mm. and I was so confused and then I got back and I then he walked over and I was like oh hi and he was like oh the firewalk how are you doing 
seven hours later after him coming and buying incense off me after him coming and just walking by several times waving at me my stand was really busy I took this giant singing bowl that people could stand in and and I would hit the bowl and they would all feel the vibrations of the bowl it was like a total fun gimmick at my stand and it was it sometimes would be like 10 deep at the stand it was mad and he just walked by like smile and nod seven hours later I finally twigged that this guy had been trying to ask me out on a date all day. And I'm like, what have I done? I've just missed out on this. And I grabbed my card and left the stand with all my money, nobody minding it, and ran around this big um, holistic fair looking for Ken. And he came over and he walked. I saw him. I was like, there he is. And we just looked at each other and he was like, I'm just going to go. But do you want a cup of tea before I go? I was like, yeah, please. So I'll bring it over. So we had the cup of tea. And then he's like, well, maybe we'll go for another one. Um, And that was it. Um, But I actually never told him the story of me running around to the holistic fair until our wedding day. Because I just kept saying, like, there's definitely there's a better day for this story. You know, sometimes I'll be like, and guess what? I ran around the fair looking for you. I thought I'd lost you. And then he was just, then I was like, no, there's a better day for this story. Um, and then I was like, oh, well, I'll say it now. And I was, so that was my little speech of like, I thought I lost him, but I found oh, him. <laughs> so wow, I, love, I know I love that. I it's love serious it. kis- kismet destiny. Kismet. Definitely. For, yeah, yeah, sure, for sure. And I love the fact that you also told me that you had your password set to Barbie. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I honestly did not realize that until until I was actually living with Ken. So I was like, mm. at this stage, we'd been dating, I don't know, a year and a half or whatever. And I'd moved in to the house I'm sitting at my desk and I'm typing in my password which is Barbie since I was 16 um or like a version of Barbie I was like I need to something that I'll never forget and I was like oh I'm Barbie I have no idea but I'm, then I ended up meeting Ken love it well yeah. my 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 laptop password is bestseller and it has been for the last six months <laughs> and- Oh my God, so exciting. Oh, Patricia, thank you so, so much for sharing your amazing wisdom and tips and stories. You. you are such an angel in my life. From the day I got that driving along on my scooter and I got this like lightning bolt download, Patricia's your mentor. And I was like, Patricia doesn't even do that. You know, she does feng shui, but she doesn't do like what I want. And then I just asked you and you were like, yeah. <laughs> It's been the biggest upgrade ever and so many beautiful spaces and continuous spaces for me to grow into. And I, you are an angel in my life. Oh, thank you so much. Well, (laughs) it's just, it's just a pleasure to watch and see everything unfold for you. And it's just amazing. Just the magic. That's what it's all about. It is. It's magic. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here, Patricia. Where can everyone find you? So you can find me at patricialowen.com. I actually have a um, YouTube video that goes out every week and I also have a podcast, but you can find me at patricialowen.com. I have a guide for helping you feng shui your space for love your office for money or your home just to balance and create a really nice balanced home so come find me there amazing 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 and is there anything you want to leave them with any last words of wisdom to just connect with the energy of your home 
um, because there's definitely, you know, if you if you're tuned into this podcast, it's for a reason. There's something here, and it's typically when people find me, it's like there's something going on with your home. So come and just tune into the edit of your home and ask it, what does it need? What 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 does it need you to do? Yeah, and the the course that we were talking about is called Powerhouse. So yes. they can find that on your website, I guess. Yes, you can. Uh, amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you've loved this podcast, if you have taken anything away, then do everybody a favor and please share it. Leave a five-star review. This will help us to get noticed, to get seen and for more of the right people to hear it. 